The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Bowl & Branch. Getting a great night's sleep is easier and more affordable than you think. Go to bowlandbranch.com today for $50 off your first set of sheets. Promo code BIGIDEA. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, April 13th. In today's news, the FBI might have Michael Cohen tapes. Jim Comey says Trump was obsessed with the golden shower allegation in the Russia dossier. And you really can't make this stuff up. Trump is now considering joining the Trans-Pacific Partnership. But first, the big idea. Trump's plan to pardon Scooter Libby is sending a message to witnesses in the Mueller probe. President Trump is expected to soon pardon Dick Cheney's former chief of staff, Louis Libby, who goes by Scooter. He was convicted of obstruction of justice and perjury for disclosing a clandestine CIA officer's name to a reporter and then lying about it under oath. George W. Bush refused to pardon Libby, even though he was aggressively lobbied to do so by Cheney. His refusal caused a strain in their relationship. Now, Trump is once again showing himself to be the do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do president. He constantly rails against leaks, yet here he is planning to pardon someone who was convicted for lying about leaking sensitive national security information. But the bigger issue is the message it sends to people who are being questioned right now by special counsel Bob Mueller's team. John Dowd, when he was Trump's chief lawyer, floated pardons to former campaign chairman Paul Manafort and former national security advisor Michael Flynn, my Washington Post colleagues have reported. Manafort has since been charged with more than a dozen offenses, while Flynn has pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI. A lot of legal experts see a connection between the likely Libby pardon and the current investigation. Richard Painter, who was the chief ethics lawyer in the Bush White House from 2005 to 2007, said this news sends the message to current and former aides that they can lie to a grand jury to protect their political superiors and they will get a full pardon. Trump has thus far rarely used his presidential pardon power, but last August he granted clemency to Joe Arpaio, the controversial Arizona sheriff who's long been a Trump ally and a campaign trail companion. Arpaio was found in contempt of court for defying a federal judge's order to stop racially profiling Latinos. He was detaining people simply because he suspected them of being undocumented immigrants. Trump and Arpaio's political alliance dates to the birther movement. The two men both saw Barack Obama as being from Kenya, even though there's no proof or evidence. The pardon was meant to reward Arpaio for his loyalty during the 2016 contest. The move is also a proof point of Trump's animosity toward the career professionals at the FBI and CIA, and it's another reminder of his tenuous respect for the rule of law. But Trump appears to see parallels between Mueller's ongoing probe and what brought Libby down. Conservatives back then called what the special counsel was doing a witch hunt. Then Attorney General John Ashcroft was forced to recuse himself from the investigation, which left the decision on how to proceed to the then Deputy Attorney General. His name? Jim Comey. It was Comey, who Trump sees as an emesis, that appointed his longtime friend and colleague Patrick Fitzgerald, who was U.S. Attorney for Chicago at the time, to become special counsel. Fitzgerald later indicted Libby. There is no chance that Libby's defenders haven't put this bug in Trump's ear. 
And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Trump's personal attorney and consigliere, Michael Cohen, was known to record conversations between himself and his associates. Now, Trump allies are worried that federal investigators seized those recordings during a raid of Cohen's home and office this week. Cohen was known to record and store conversations to use them as what one associate described as, quote, leverage. He would then play them for his colleagues, including, at times, Trump himself. His habit of recording calls earned the attorney a reputation among campaign staff in 2016 as someone to avoid. If investigators have the tapes, they would not automatically get access to them, though. The recordings would first need to be reviewed by a separate Justice Department team and possibly by a federal judge to protect attorney-client privilege. The process would also ensure that the conversations are within the terms of the search warrant that was executed against Cohen on Monday. Number two, in his new memoir that comes out next Tuesday, Jim Comey describes the president as a congenital liar and unethical leader, devoid of human emotion and driven by personal ego. Comey uses his contemporaneous notes to detail stories of Trump violating the norms protecting the FBI's independence. He writes that interacting with the president gave him, quote, flashbacks to my earlier career as a prosecutor against the mob. Comey writes that Trump was obsessed with the Russia dossier and especially the golden shower allegation. He asked Comey rhetorically if he seemed like a guy who would need prostitutes. He then began, in Comey's account, talking about the cases where women had accused him of sexual assault, a topic Comey didn't bring up. The former FBI director stopped short of outlining a legal case against the president in his book, but the memoir is a damning indictment of Trump's presidency, as well as his character. Number three, Trump has ordered top administration officials to consider rejoining the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Doing so could give the president more leverage as he escalates his trade war with China, and it could give U.S. businesses better access to foreign markets if China makes good on its threats of tariffs against American agriculture and other products. Trump's orders, though, were so unexpected that White House officials, lawmakers, and business groups aren't sure if he's serious. Trump attacked the TPP relentlessly as a candidate in 2016, and one of the first things he did when he took office was to formally reject it. Some officials are skeptical that he'll follow through, especially because he hasn't set any goals or deadlines for when a new agreement could be reached. But Trump did set some conditions for rejoining the TPP on Thursday night. He did it, of course, on Twitter. The president says he'll only re-enter the deal if it's substantially better than what was offered to Barack Obama. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday the 13th, which hopefully isn't bad luck for you. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday.